Welcome to another message from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Evangelist Tim Hall. Now, I am so impressed with this church. Look how many there are. There's the choir section over here. All really pretty young ladies and a couple of blokes over there that are pretty smart. If that's where I'd be sitting, I'd go and join them. If I was a young fellow, I'm married now. If I went and joined him, my wife would belt me. I want to talk about the ministry, but I want to talk about this year, and I want to talk about you. Is that okay? Pastor Alex, thank you. I've got to know Alex for a while now, and I, Pastor Alex is a great guy, and he's a great friend, and, and uh, we just have enjoyed. By the way, what a great job you guys did at the big event. The awakening. Wow. Okay, well, give yourself a clap. You deserve one. That's it. Don't be shy. Give yourself a clap. Come on now. Now give Jesus a bigger one. I want you to turn your Bible, please, to the book of Genesis. It's pretty easy to find. You turn left at Revelation and continue on. If you get to the page that says the Holy Bible, you've gone too far. But we're going to Genesis chapter 15, which is on page 33, 32, no, 22. I don't care where it is. It's Genesis 15. Father, would you anoint your word with power this morning? Let something happen here. My God, in Jesus' name, let something happen here today. In Jesus' name, amen. I I see a lot of familiar faces here. Thank you, Lord. Bless everybody. Bless everybody. Everybody. I'm praying and looking around at the same time. It's not supposed to do it. It's in the rule book. It's in um, Hebrews 31. How many people have I run into over the years? Who's been in some of my meetings over the years? Oh, a lot. I feel semi-famous. Jeff. <laughs> Genesis 15 reads like this. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. The Lord saying, Abram, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing that this Eliezer of Damascus is mine heir? I'm childless. And the steward of my house, Eliezer of Damascus, he's he's from Damascus, a Syrian is mine heir. And the Lord said, this is not your heir. This is not your heir, but one that's going to come forth out of your own body. Abraham said, Lord, you give me no seed. The Lord said, no, but one that's going to come out of your own body. He's going to be your heir. And uh, then he spoke to Abram. And he said, I want you to come out with me outside. And he said, I want you to look at the stars and I want you to count them and I want you to see if you can number them. And he took him outside and he said, count the stars. And Abraham went, one, two, three, many. The Milky Way is probably millions. Multi-millions. Sometimes they just look like a haze of stars. Isn't it amazing, all those stars out there, and God made them. Here we are, little tiny specks, like... We are like, we make a flea look massive. 
And God says, I'm going to live inside. All my fullness is going to be inside. I'm going to fill that person with all the fullness of my power. I'm going to trust them with my name. That little flea down there, I'm going to trust to carry my authority. I don't know if you find that a marvelling thing. Do you marvel at that? Yeah. Have you ever been up in an aeroplane? Hello. How are we? Good to see you. It's a lot of kids. It's always a good thing to see kids. It's fruitful. It's fruitful. There's prams, there's babies, there's bottles, there's babies. So the Lord said to him, count the stars. And then he said, so shall your seed be. The Bible says, and Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him for righteousness. Then Abraham asked the question. He said, Lord, how do I know that I'm going to get this thing? How do I know that I'm going to have this thing? And he said, go and uh, take some animals. He said, I want you to go and get a heifer of three years old and a she-goat of three years and a ram and a she-goat and a ram of three years and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took them all and he said, cut them in half and lay them down. And he laid them down and, and then he, he said, don't cut the birds up. They're a bit small. Just kill them and lay them down. So he laid down bits of animal, all these bits of animal. And then, then the Lord spoke to him and uh, he said, Abram, now all of a sudden vultures started coming down and all these birds started coming down, the birds of the air, trying to get, trying to get the, the sacrifice. And Abram drove them off. For hours he drove them off until he was so exhausted he went into a deep sleep. And God said, Abram, it's my turn now. And a blazing torch of fire moved among those pieces. And God said, Abram, you've done everything you know what to do, and now it's my turn. I love it when God says, it's my turn. Then all of a sudden, he began to speak to him. And he said, in that day, not only did he speak to him, but the Bible says he cut a covenant with Abram. This was a covenant that was cut in animal blood. But later, Jesus would cut a covenant hanging between heaven and earth in human blood. This was a type of the great covenant that was going to be cut. And he said, under thy seed have I given you certain things. He says, this is my promise to you and your seed. He said, I'm going to give you from the river of Egypt, which is the Nile, under the great river of the Euphrates, which is in Iraq. This shall be your land as an everlasting covenant. People are wanting to take away the Golan Heights and everything from Israel. If they read the book, they'll understand. And people say, well, what about, what about this group, the, the Palestinians? You know, the word Palestinian is actually the word for Philistine. Did you know that? The Romans called the nation after they smashed it up. They called it Palestina or Philistine. And these nations and people go, oh, what about the Palestinians? Well, the truth is that God made a covenant with Abram and said, this is your land, and it runs from Iraq to Egypt. This is the promise. And so things are very different. He says, under your seed have I given you the land from the river of Egypt under the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the traffic lights, the Hittites, the, the fly-by-nights, the Perizzites, the Ballet-tites, the Rephames and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Mosquito-bites, 
and the Gergeshites and the, and the, and the Jebusites. Great piece of scripture. How many lives have just been changed? <laughs> How many would say I've had any, a total revelation? Well, it's a powerful book, and I'm going to go through it really quickly. But the Bible says, God appeared unto Abram in a vision. People have visions when they wait on God. Visions don't happen to slack believers. Visions rarely happen to apathetic, half-hearted, wishy-washy, tiny Tim tiptoeing through the Christian, the tulips Christians. You don't even remember tiny Tim. The old people do. How many remember tiny Tim? You remember? Tiptoe in the morning through the tulips. That's where I'll be. So tiptoe in the morning with, this is going to be hard, me. Tiptoe in the morning through the tulips, that's where I'll be. See, that takes skill to do that. Showing off. My singing skills. <sighs> I know you're not impressed. So, visions don't happen to half-hearted Christians. John was in the Isle of Patmos, locked away there in a cave, waiting on God. The Bible says he was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. What's the key to getting into the realm of visions and dreams? The Bible says in the last days the young men will see visions and the old men will dream dreams. And even upon the handmaids in that day, God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit. Young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams. I intend to have visions and dreams. Hang it. Young people think they got everything. Who do they think they are? Just because they can get around with their iPhones and their iPads and their, their iWhatevers. And... i got one. I, I'm on Instagram. I hope you're following me, at Pastor Tim Hall. Don't follow the fake ones. I've had 16 fake accounts so far asking for money. People come up and say, here's your 80 bucks you asked for. I said, what for? For the orphanage you're starting in Lithuania. Some idiot from overseas using my account and, and saying, send me money, I'll pray for you. If you get something like that, it's a moron. I'd like to get a hold of a couple and lay hands on them. <laughs> Mate, it wouldn't be gentle. Say, we're not given to brawling. Doesn't say anything about a sharp whack between the eyes, just one punch. <laughs> brawling is when you wrestle and roll on the ground. But just a straight out, what are you, an idiot, whack? That's not, it. That's not a brawler. That's just explaining carefully. Careful. Some people need explanation that's careful. Some people don't understand, do they? When I was pastoring at Dandenong, we had a few, didn't we, Jim? Drunks coming in and we had people marching them out and then my deacon's fighting. A bloke pulled out a set of nunchucks and one of my deacons went for him, knocked him unconscious. I got a phone call. Is that guy coming to church tonight? Warn him, I'm going to shoot him. That was exciting days. That's church. No, that's church. Come on. Church needs riots. Placards outside. 
come on, let's get... I remember going to the universities. We used to advertise God versus the devil. There'd be people going out under the power, witches with megaphones burning out signs. That was real Christianity, not this soft... This society's got so watered down, politically correct, politically correct, wishy-washy, don't offend anybody. Well, I like to be offended now and again. I've been offended plenty of times. I'll offend a few more, maybe this morning. All this left-wing nonsense and, and wishy-washy, powder-puff, jolly, uh, what do you call those things they cook on the fire? Marshmallow people getting offended. You've offended me. Well, bad luck, you might grow up. We can't have kids win a race. If they win the race, the other kids will feel left out. Well, bad luck. Let them get the speed up and win the next race. What is this, Bush Week? It's nothing to do with my message. I'm just getting warmed up today. This could be a long sermon. I mean, I mean, I don't feel like just whistling Dixie today. Oh, way down south in Dixie, da 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 da. Way down south in Dixie land, da 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 da. Look away, look away. Oh, way down south in Dixie. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Got to go both sides of the coin. Never be one-sided. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the cup. He is stamping out the vintage where the grapes of wrath. Move on, Tim, and stop singing. You get in a vision when you're in the spirit. How do you get in there? You take time at the start of this year to fast and pray and press into God and take a hold of God and get out in the bush and get away with God and seek God. That's when he speaks to you. I've had people say to me, Tim, how come you are years of age now? 70, I've just turned 70. I know. Don't laugh, just throw money. So, don't clap, just throw cash. So, any rate, I've turned 70, but I just decided I was in Madagascar. I've just been in Madagascar, been up in northern Uganda with Sudanese refugees and refugee camps and going to stupid, crazy, wild places and uh, loving it. Nine countries in three months going harder. I'm going like a one-legged man in a dance contest. I'm more excited than a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. It's getting serious. Are you all happy this morning? I'm off the leash this morning. There's no holding back. I, I, don't even, I don't even feel like holding back. I'm prepared to say anything this morning. I'm prepared to upset anybody today about anything. I just don't care. The only way that we're going to get into that realm of being in the spirit is to press in and go after God. The only people I know that get into the realm of dreams and visions are the people that take time to get with God. Can I challenge you right at the start of 2019 to set yourself to seek the face of God, to break into a place where He begins to show you clearly what He wants to do with you, where He wants to take you. In March, God spoke to me a number of years ago. I came over here, I got a call to Victoria. It was quite clear. God spoke to me out of Jeremiah and he said, return to these your cities. Very clear from Jeremiah. I'd been offered the 
the leadership of the youth in South Australia been offered a whole bunch of things. Our youth group was on fire and God said, come back to these your cities. It's from Jeremiah 31. I got in the car. I said, okay. And I went back to my old city of Bendigo. We had our first meetings in Bendigo. I left everything I had, had nothing, no finance, nothing. Went in there. We had 160 people in the first meeting, fully self-supporting church of 100, 120 in one week. And then we uh, that church has gone on today. It's about 800 to 1,000 people. They, we opened up television across central Victoria. Uh, the building is on acres of land, and they've opened up churches all the way out of there. Then the door opened up to come down here to Dandenong. And I went away on the mountains. I knocked Dandenong back twice. I said, no, I'm called to evangelism. And I was away on the mountains. When I was away on the mountains, I had an experience where the devil tried to kill me while he... He threatened to, and uh, I'm not going to go into a lot of details, but for about five days, I was nervous to go out to this particular place. I'd stayed out there one night and had the freakiest night of my life, and the enemy said, you come out here again, I'll kill you, and uh, it was a, a, a place that, well, it was a spiritual site, and uh, some of the stuff that happened, I, I don't talk much about it, but I, I finished up going out there, and I drove, and I could feel things trying to take over my steering wheel of my car and a whole bunch of stuff. And I got out there, I got out of my car and uh, I remember my skin crawling like a thousand devils all over me. And I started to shout. I said, I've come in the name of Jesus. If you think you can, this is your chance. I've come in the blood of Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost. The power of the Holy Ghost. I started to worship God. I could feel devils I said you had your chance you don't have it and I drove off and as I drove off the power of God filled the car I couldn't drive I got out of the car and I just ran into the bush yelling and shouting and God stopped me and he said go back to a place called Blinman when you get to Blinman get on the telephone and ring Dandenong and say I'll take the church well straight after that experience and I needed to go through that experience because we faced some really tough stuff in Dandenong Tough stuff. Had people coming into the meetings, deacons, glasses hanging off, cut across the head, stuff happening, deacons fighting, people threatening. It was wild stuff. It was, it was real. It was real. We want reality. I want reality. I don't want watered down Christianity. I want reality. I want a bit of excitement. Not too much. But I want to wait on God and hear from God. This could be a long sermon. This is my first point of eight. So I'm going to move real quick. I'll move really quickly. So firstly, God says, Abram, here's a vision of what I want to do. And he says to him in the vision, Abram, I'm your shield, your exceeding great reward. He says, I'm your protector and I'm your financer. Well, the two things he is for us this year. He's your shield of protection, if you dare to believe it. If we really dare to believe it, there's angels all around us. That's a very beautiful baby. Is that your child? Well done. Good effort. Good effort, both of you. And you help with it. Well done. Well done. Now, what was I saying? 
Who? Where? When? Yeah, they are. Well, if a third of the angels fell, that leaves two-thirds. means for every angel, every demon, there's two angels. That's an outnumbering for a start. If we could really grasp from the Old Testament, Elisha opened his eyes that he can actually see the valley was full of chariots of fire and angelic hosts. If we could see this morning, there's angels all around us here. There's a big one at the back there. Probably. The Bible says they're gazing in to watch what we're doing. They're here by the ton. They're everywhere around us. How many can look at your life and remember times when you were miraculously saved from death? Probably about 50. And so God says, Abraham says, that's fantastic. And I thank you for that. See, most of the preaching you get on Christian television is, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. This is what God can do for you. But as John F. Kennedy said, don't ask what your country can do for you. You ask what you can do for your country. And there's so much preaching on what God can do for you, but that's not the question. The question is, what can you do for God? There's too much preaching on, look, I believe in prosperity. I believe in the blessing of God. I can't do what I do unless God prospers me. Air tickets in the last year alone for myself and my team was probably close to eighty to 100,000. Before you start. Then crusades we've done that some of them have cost 80,000. What do you get at the end of it? Carved giraffe. You cut that up and give it to your family. Give it to your team. So eat that leg for this week. Eat the leg. Watch the splinters. Got to believe God. So I believe in blessing. I believe in prosperity. I believe in prosperity. I was talking to a guy who was really knocking Kenneth Copeland there one day. And I said, hey, don't knock him. I said, I've got a friend. His name's Reinhard Bonke. And I said, I was talking to Reinhardt. And I said, Reinhardt, how have you financed all the great meetings you've done? And he said to me, Tim, if it were not for Kenneth Copeland, I would have only saved half the sin, half the soul saved. So people knock the prosperity preachers and, and uh, I think the church needed prosperity. It needed faith. It needs all these things. It needs an understanding. Sometimes they can get taken to extremes. People can start to live in the area of what God can do for us. My attitude with money is I need it so I can use it for him. I want to be a channel of great amounts, great amounts for the glory of God because I can't do it without it. So anyway, I was telling you about, I, I didn't even finish that story about coming to Victoria, but I'm going to go back there for a moment because God spoke to me the week before we came to Dandenong and I'm just jumped back here right now. The week before we came, they asked me if I'd do a youth camp down here on the peninsula. And I'd been seeking God pretty diligently. And I had a vision. And I saw Victoria 
and stars coming out of the Mornington Peninsula, out of the peninsula, going all over the world. When I got to that camp, there was a big thing on the back wall of Victoria with stars flying all over Victoria, all, all over the nations. It was the most powerful camp I've ever been in my life. On the Saturday, no one ate anything. Did anyone go to that camp? The cooks didn't work on the Saturday because uh, no one ate. They fasted all day. And we had a revival, and it was, in some ways, Youth Alive came out of that. The guy that headed up, Gary Watt and Mel Fletcher, those guys started it up. One of them was carried to his room and didn't, didn't come out until about 10 o'clock the next morning, just out under the power. And Youth Alive broke out. We went into Dandenong the next week. Mel Fletcher, it's Mark's brother, Malcolm Fletcher, you probably know him from television. Mel started a thing called, I think it was Powerhouse. And some of those meetings had hundreds and hundreds of kids coming in and the power of God. Well, God started to speak to me again about the peninsula. In March, I felt him speaking. We're coming here, we're doing some other stuff, and then we're going and, we're, and talk with Alex. And uh, we're going to put a big tent up in March in the gateway. Be in Frankston, and I believe that it's going to run on, and I don't know what's going to happen, but I believe that from that there's a wave of fire and I think we're going to be part. You guys are already sending a wave. But I think we're going to be a catalyst also in something very significant. I feel it's significant even when I mention it. And that's going back to vision. God said, God spoke here and Abram said, Lord God, I don't have seed I love the fact that you are my supplier, my shield, my great reward. But I don't have seed. I don't have children. Something starts when we begin to have a passion for human souls. When we begin to have a passion and people are getting hungry to get out there. And God's talking about equipping. We just had a team of 100 with us over in uh, Wewak in Papua New Guinea at about 160 to 100. And our team, first night we had 3,000 people. Then we hit the markets. We got stuck into the markets. We started to get amongst the people. I love it when the team works. I'm more interested in what they do than what I do now. I want to equip them. They went into the markets. They got people healed everywhere. So the second night jumped to 9,000. And the word got out on the miracles in a city of 18,000. We had 20,000 in the meeting. They'd come from every town, every village roundabout, packed the place out. But I got a, an addiction for souls, and we haven't got a lot of time. We don't have a lot of time. We've got a world right now that's closing in. Closing in. Hollywood right now, pretty much doing everything to push an anti-God philosophy. The universities in America, most of the leadership in the American universities are pushing godless left-wing stuff, anti-God stuff. It's coming from every side. And Australia, just following along like a little dog. Where's the standing up voice? Where's the voices standing up? Where's the voice of the church? 
Voice has been silent. Voice of the church silent on some of the major issues recently. The way things are moving, unless the church stands right up with passion, to get overrun and swallowed up as something that is not even relative to society. It's time for the church to be absolutely unable to be ignored. That's my vision. That's my passion. I've preached a long time. Are we okay? I'm just warmed up. I'm just warmed up, folks. Just warm. Are you okay? I'm warmed up. Okay, moving really quickly. God said, no, this is not your seed. This is not the one. I've got seed for you. John Knox stood over Scotland and cried out, God, give me Scotland or let me die. The great preachers in history, Billy Sunday and many of the greats over the years would go into a room and cry out for souls until people in the hotel would go down and say, man, is dying up there. Where's the cry, give me seed? Where's the passion in the church? Most Christians w- went through last year. You ask most Christians in Melbourne about last year, and the highest percent didn't lead anyone to Christ. I'm just honest. I'm sick and tired of being beaten around the bush. Nice sermons. I don't want to preach any more nice sermons. A lot of places don't have me anymore. Nervous. Maybe nervous for what you're saying. Nervous the Holy, I don't know. I think the church is starting to realize that without the Holy Ghost, it's going nowhere. I think the church, the body of Christ is starting to realize without the Holy Ghost, we're just playing games. Without the power of the Holy Ghost, we're going through a ritual. And so he took him out and said, look at the stars. Stop counting them. I'm going to give you multitudes. I'm going to give you multitudes. I was in the Solomon Islands preaching years ago. It was my first major crusade. I was going through hell at the time. I was going through family disaster at the time. So I was in the Solomons. First night, we had about 500 people. By the end of five nights, the stadium was so packed, there was no room for anybody. The grandstands were full. The grounds were full. Kids were escaping from school to come from their dormitories. The government put buses on, and we had a revival. We had a, a revival move of God. It was quite incredible. On the last night, I remember we had no room even for an altar call. And I shared my testimony um, of, the great, of God meeting your hunger. I don't know how many got saved, maybe 4,000. I walked around the fence line, and here are all these beautiful dark-skinned, uh, they're very dark, the, the people from the Solomons, but their tears were running down their face like quicksilver, running down their faces and many of them speaking in tongues and God spoke to me and he said you've been grafted into Abraham Abraham's vision is your vision you are grafted in you're grafted in from now on his dream his passion to see the stars in the kingdom is yours someone might say well what keeps you going and not retiring I've had people say when are you going to retire so what for what, and buy a cat, get a rocking chair, grow tomatoes? I live in an apartment. I've got nowhere to grow them. I like tomatoes. I'll buy them. But when you've got breath, use it. As long as you've got breath. 
who was a great man and said, as long as I've got a voice, I'll use it. As long as I've got teeth, I'll bite. If I haven't got any teeth left, I'll gum it. I don't know, it was something along that line. I can't remember, it was powerful. Didn't quite come out right, but I tried, I tried. It's always a prize for trying. All right. God said to him, this is your vision. God wants to give you and I a vision. You're never too late to get a dream from God. Never too late for God to breathe something into your life that will take you to another dimension. It's never too late to get a dream that will open up something for you that will change you forever. I feel like I'm in a big crusade here, Phil. You all happy? I know I spit. I yell and spit. Noisy. We used to have a teacher at school. We used to call him Spit. Spit Garrick. He'd demonstrate on your woodwork, and when it came back, it was very moist. So we gave him the name Spit, but might be my new name. But anyway, Abraham says, okay, what do I have to do? God says, it's going to cost you. There's a sacrifice. Get all these animals. They would have cost him money. Cut them down the middle. Lay them out. Put them on the ground. The sacrifice, sacrifice in prayer. Nothing happens without it. Now, people, people will teach you don't need to pray. It's not what the Bible says. Epaphras was a man of like passion. Well, Epaphras, he prayed. The word is agonizomai in the Greek. It's it, the word of his laboring in prayer is one of uh, intense struggle. Agon is the word from which you get agony. Agonizomai. It speaks of a struggle in the arena. And it says that Epaphras, that's why he went down to the Lycus Valley, from, went from Ephesus down to the Lycus Valley and opened up the church at Hierapolis, Laodicea, um, Colossae, carried things over to Paul, moved among the body of Christ. And Paul says, this guy knows how to labor in prayer. Paul says, I was in fasting zone, seeking God, wanting God. How much do we want God at the start of this year? How and the big thing is, what do we get from God? How much do we want something? The reason why this nation hasn't got the revival it needs is it has not wanted it enough. Has not gone after it enough. Moving on, moving on. Now the fowl of the air came down on the sacrifice. When you start to get into God... You can guarantee the fowl of the air are going to come against you and you drive them off. In Jesus' name, get off. In Jesus' name, you got no place. Jesus' name, get off. And they know how to come. They come through your family. They come through your mind. They come through circumstances. They come through words of others. But they're fiery darts. And you fight them off. Because you want to go somewhere in God, you will get the birds of the air having a crack but you're going to stand up in the power of God. You're going to put on the whole armor of God that you might withstand in the evil day. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. The word take up is pick it up and get it on. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers, world rulers, wicked spirits of the darkness. Wherefore, 
Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may withstand in the evil day and having done all, stand. A lot in stand. Do a word study on stand. Stand therefore. I'm going to finish off. I can't preach all this. I might have to come back. <laughs> Oh, we're halfway through where they're getting there, except I'm in the wrong chapter, but apart from that, it's good. So he laid the sacrifice down, and then God said, I'm going to step in with my fire. He came in with fire and revelation, and he said, this is what I'm going to give you. He says, your people are going to go in and possess. They're going to go in. Um, Your seed's going to be a stranger here for 400 years. They're going to serve, but then... Then I'm going to bring you out. He says, and you're going to go to your fathers in peace. Be buried at a good old age. I've said before, I want to go be buried at a good old age, provided I'm dead. (laughs) It'll come to pass. A smoking fire went through. And in the same day, the Lord made a covenant. God made the covenant with Abram. Abraham didn't make the covenant with God. God made a covenant with Abram. It's an eternal covenant People say, what about Israel? Everybody wants to drive them out, run them out. They are there because of a covenant was made in Genesis 15. I feel sorry for the Palestinian people. I do. But you've got Hamas and all the rest raining rockets in there and everything in the media makes Israel look like the bad guy. Which is probably where the media are in just about everything. It says, under thy seed have I given you the land from the river of Egypt to the river Euphrates. And he said, I've given you all these people groups, all these enemies. Half of them were giants. I've given you the Kenites, Kenizzites. I've given you a great inheritance. Go and take it. Go and take it. Can I say to you that God wants to speak to us, give us a vision. He wants to give us a promise of souls. He wants us passionate for souls. He says, well, it's going to cost you. I want you to seek me. I want you to go after me. I want you to go after me like a drowning man. I want you to go after me. And he says, and I'll step in and I'll take you. I'll take you right in. Something's happening to you today. The power of God, sister there with the blonde hair, the spirit of God is touching you. Something's going to happen on the peninsula. Something is going to happen. I feel the power of God. First thing I want to ask you is this. It's a pretty sad time on this planet not to be walking with Jesus, trust me. Just in the natural, the only place that is secure on this planet right now is feet on the rock of Christ Jesus. And I'm going to say this to you in honesty. Everything else is shifting sand. The only eternal thing left, the absolutes have been wiped out. Taught now, kids are being taught what is truth. It's whatever you make your truth. No, truth is truth, not your truth. Not what you think you are, it's what God says you are. It's truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. Humanistic reasoning is not the truth. 
Jesus is the truth and the way, and there's no way we can have a relationship with the eternal God of the universe but by him. See, every person in this room and every person listening to this has a hunger in here for God, has a hunger for the power and the presence of God. They're hungry. Most people out there don't even know what they're hungry about. They're trying to fill it with drugs or pornography or, or a relationship. That's going to fix it. If I meet the right girl, that's going to fix it. No. If I drink enough booze, no. The only thing that will ever fill that gap, and in my case, I know exactly, was when Jesus Christ came flooding in, washed me clean by his precious blood. Washed me clean. And I turned and I repented and I said, I'm going your way. Because it's one thing to open our heart to him. It's another thing to say, I'm opening my heart, but I'm turning your way. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.